Hey everybody, welcome to the new podcast, You See Me. We are here today with a special guest coming up. All right, Matt. So let's get on Bill Parcells and give me a little bit of the story behind the cowboy, your time at as your time being a cowboy. Um, you know, when I got when I got into the league, it was one of those situations where I wanted to be a cowboy for life. You know, I think Jerry Jones did a, uh, and I still think he does an amazing job. No matter the Cowboys can be one in fifteen, they can be, or I guess seventeen games now, so one in sixteen, or they can be seventeen to zero. But he will, he gets ingrains it in your mind that you are the best of the best. You are the Pro Bowls team for the NFL, being a Dallas Cowboy, and it was insane because you have. We go on away trips and you have three, four, five hundred people waiting for you when you get to the hotel. And it when my years one through four with the Cowboys, I got so um numb to that, thinking okay. that's how the NFL was. And then when I got to the other teams, it wasn't three, four, five hundred people. It was like 10, 15, 20 people. And I'm like, <laughs> Really? This is really how it is? <laughs> so my whole dream and goal was to be with one team the whole my whole career, which didn't happen, but it, you know, is what it is. But you know, when Parcells got there, I was I was really excited because, you know, you hear the stories, you 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 you've seen what he does. He's a no bullshit type of guy. Right. And all that, and he's like one of those guys who always instilled. If you work hard, you bust your ass, you'll 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 always have a spot. And that was a crock, <laughs> uh, you know. And it was just one of those things where you know I started and I started every game in two thousand three at center. I go in and um doing preseason or doing mini camps and all that stuff. And all of a sudden we get to preseason, and I'm third string center, four string left guard. Wow. And I'm like, okay, did something happen here? <laughs> did I, did I, did I, did I, did I get a, did I not get the memo? <laughs> and so I go to my co- coach Warhop, who was an O line coach at the time, who I still love and adore. He's with the Texans right now. Um, one of my favorite O line coaches in the world. He 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 was amazing. Love him to death. God bless you, man. Um, but all he said was. Cream rises to the top. He didn't know what to tell me. He had no clue what to tell me. Just cream rises to the top. And the cool part about it, all the assistant coaches loved me. So, because I knew I, I, if I went to practice, I never was late. I busted my ass. I worked hard. Just like like Parcel said, you work hard, you bust your ass, you'll always have a spot. Have a spot. And, you know, I, I beat out all the guys. I get back up to back. I, I made it all the way back to back up. You know, he's trying different people at center um, and all that, and they weren't really doing that well, but he wasn't, he, he, he there, I don't know what he had against me. Right. I guess it was my size. I wasn't his typical lineman of being like a road grader style lineman. I wasn't a Jumbo Elliott. I wasn't a Larry Allen. You know, I wasn't 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I wasn't 300 plus pounds. Right. You know, I wasn't that guy. And... At the time, I had a, a roommate that was a manager of a strip club, and I always joked around and said he never brought his work home with him. You know, <laughs> and you know, one day, 
I, I come into practice and I'm just doing practice squad. I'm not doing any reps for the, the starters, any backup reps or anything. And I got a war hop and I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I don't know, you got to talk to Parcells. I, I have no idea. So I go to Parcells and I was like, hey, coach, did I do something wrong? And he's like, you know what you did. What? I was like, mm, I, I don't. He's like, you know what kind of people hang out in those places? I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you know, the strip clubs. And I'm thinking, in, in, wow. the, in my head, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, your whole team. <laughs> like every pro athlete ever to play sports, you know, yes. 90, 95% of them. And I'm quite sure he had a spot oh, in I'm one sure, of those rooms. I'm, I don't know. And that, and that, that, uh, facility or uh, that that <laughs> building, but I'm sure in his heyday he he ventured a few spots. Oh, of course, I think every guy at least one time has entered a, a, an establishment is a, a, probably a good word of it for it, and uh, have seen you know uh, pour some sugar on me song playing in the background. You know that's yes, <laughs> <laughs> or, or sweet cherry or the, pie by Warrant. You know I I don't know, but or the T Pain. I'm in love with a stripper. Yeah, yeah, hey. or or some Kanye West song going on. You know, uh, no offense, Kanye. I love you to death. Brother, so you know, I'm making sure I don't hurt anyone's feelings or get or offend anyone. Um, but so it came down to that, and so he deactivated me the whole the rest of the season. This is my last year of my contract. Like I'm expecting to. Be a free agent, you know. Wow. I'm hoping to resign with the Cowboys. I'm hoping to do do right, and he just deactivates me. And then, like, it comes to the Eagles game, which is like the second to last game of the season, and I'm expecting to do the same thing I've done for majority of the season is just stay home. I see my bags packed for the game. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Go to Warhop. He's like, yeah, you're traveling. I'm like, coach. Like I ended up having had a rep in practice in like nine weeks. Wow! I'm like, what? Do you, what's going on? Like this is this is career. Like I, I'm ready, but I'm not ready. Like I, I've been just not. What the hell? So I get to we get to Philly, and and I'm talking to Warhop, and he's like, "Don't worry, you're not going to play. So relax. Just you know, you're just for emergency purposes." All right, cool. Well, second half, second. I think the second quarter or third quarter, they throw me in. I'm like, all right, let's let's ride. And I was thinking I was in four plays. I I I played well. I played well those four plays. Just one play, I kind of overset. Guy came inside on me. Maybe uh you know hurry on the quarterback, but nothing like that. It's like all right, let me get my feet wet. And get used to the speed again for a second because right. you, you got some rust. Had me out the rest of the game. Go in the next week. The the Grim Reaper calls me and said, hey, we're going to release you. The last game of the season. Wow. So, and usually if you get cut, you usually you go see the head coach. You talk to him. You talk to O-line coach. Or you talk to assistant coach, your coach and all that. And you you go. Well, I talked to Warhop, and Warhop, you know, he he gave me nothing but love. You know, I love, like I said, I love the man to death. Um, and Parcells never met with me. Hmm. Never said two words to me. 
And to this day, I don't, uh, you know, I, I was with, when I was with the Saints, my eighth year, so this is four years later, Peyton was the, the offensive coordinator at the time when I was with the Cowboys. I was like, Peyton, like, what was the real deal behind the whole what happened to me? Because I, I figured that's, that cost me a couple million. Easy. You know, because I was looking at guys that were in the same position and they were signing these multi-million dollar deals. And I, I didn't sign a bad deal, but I, I, there was a, a, like another zero in the back of those deals mm-hmm. that I could have had if it wasn't for what happened in my, in my eyes. Right. You know, and of course, we all know God has a plan and all that stuff too. And at the time, I, I was totally oblivious to that. <laughs> you know, I had no clue. Right. You know, I'm blaming like, what, what, what the hell's going on here? You know, blaming everyone else and, and all that stuff. And, you know, he said it was, oh, because you, you're, you're, your roommate was a strip club manager. And I'm like, really? And the, the funny part was, so in 05, uh, I was at, in, in Atlanta and we had an off season. Uh, we, like, we were six and two. We were one of the best in the NFC, and we had a, a bye week. So it worked out perfectly. It was like eight games, bye week, eight games. You couldn't ask for a better bye week, especially in the NFL. Like halfway through the season, you get a bye week. Like, I don't know who set, set this up, but this is awesome. This right. is perfect. You know, give us a week off. So I went back. I came back to Dallas and went to the same establishment. And I swear, like half the team was there. Like pro bowlers were there. <laughs> and I'm like, I and I walk in, I'm like, looking, I'm like, are you serious? And I'm not saying like one pro bowler, I'm like multiple pro bowlers wow. of the Cowboys were there. And I'm, and I, like I say, I'll just say that I'm not going to call out anyone's names because it's not fair to them or anything like that. Right. Nor would I never do that. Um, I'm not a Jose Canseco. <laughs> I'm not trying to do a book here. Uh, I'm not trying to go for sales. But you know, it was it was very frustrating uh, when that came back and all that. And then you know, then the three years later with. Peyton, he said that. And I, I just know it's a crock. And if I had to see Parcells, I mean, I'd really want to know why. Like, just right. give me the honest answer. Like, don't, don't BS me. Don't, don't, don't do any of that and say, oh, it was because of the, your, your roommate or anything like that. I was like, come on now, really? If you didn't like me, just say you didn't like me. Right. But I, I played hurt. I played with, I never missed a practice. I had a, a high ankle sprain, a torn, partially torn Achilles uh, arch. I tore my arch. Never missed a practice. I separated my shoulder, got knocked out, sprained my back. I didn't miss the next day practice. Wow. I couldn't lift my arm up, but I still practiced. So you can't tell me that it was something so minute as that. When I never missed a practice, I played hurt. I was always on time. I killed myself right. for you. So I'd love to sit down with Parcells and find out like why. why? Give me the honest, no bullshit answer of why. Right. You know, but in in aspect though too, you know he I I feel like he was a hypocrite in that way. Um, but to give him to bring it back to a positive note, the one thing I will give Parcells besides, well, one more, he'll take years off your life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with I mean, if he could keep you in the locker room the whole time a football season was going on and keep, have cots and all that stuff, I think he would do that to make sure that. The whole team was focused in and all that. Right. But the one thing with him is he did have you prepared. You know, I feel like a lot of teams now, they're so scared of getting their players hurt. Yeah. And you see it. You see it. They they cut out a preseason game and they only have three preseason games. So the starters really have what? They play like one game in the, in the, the first game. They may play two series in the second game. They don't play the third game anymore. No. 
and then they have the season. And they're like, oh, we, we don't see why we're out of sync. And they don't have contact. So you see more, in my opinion, you see more injuries now, nowadays, than you did back when I played. And, and a whole bunch of, I think a whole bunch of former players would agree with me on this is because, you know, even though training camp, training camp sucks, there's no, <laughs> it does, it sucks. I mean, four or five weeks, 10, 12 hour days, nonstop seven days a week. I mean, that's basically what it was. I remember one day in Atlanta, we went 23 straight days of two days and hitting. 23. 23. Wow. So like it's in, in Atlanta, <laughs> in the summertime, <laughs> in the humidity and heat, we didn't have, I mean, it was, it was, it was rough. Wow. Uh, and the same thing with the Cowboys. I mean, oh, oh great. We're, oh, we're in, we're in shoulder pads today. Great. <laughs> and shorts. All right. How's that better for the linemen? <laughs> we're still banging. Right. You know, so it doesn't wow. change for us, but, oh, stay off the ground. Stay on your feet. Isn't that what we're trying to do every play? <laughs> but um, he did get the most out of you. You know, he took, he, he knew whatever, bring it back to Parcells, he, he would see your potential and he'd get every ounce of potential out of you. Okay. And he'd get you to play your best football ever. Like, I feel like in 03, 04, my confidence when I played, you could put me against anyone I felt confident enough. And that could have been Parcells. I mean, I think a majority of that has to do with Warhop. Um you know, giving me the confidence and technique and all that stuff. And it has to do with, you know, even before that, Hudson Houck, who was a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, those two guys were instrumental. I said that right. <laughs> I said that right. Um, and, and developing the technique, because it, it is so much technique. They didn't think it's just two large men just beating each other up. And it's like, whoever's the biggest and strongest, which is not the case. Right. Because you look at guys nowadays like um, Aaron Donald, who's, Six foot, six one, maybe, two hundred and eighty pounds, which is not a small man. No. But you look at Trent Williams, who's six six, three forty, and runs a four seven. It's like that's a large man. <laughs> but then you could take it to another level and look at the world's strongest men. And you have like guys like Thor Bjornsson, the mountain. Yeah. And you have Brian Shaw, who are at six six nine and six eight at four forty. That's just crazy. Like, man. don't get me wrong; they're not going to yeah. run the four seven like a Trent, <clears throat> and they don't have the explosion power or hand speed of a Aaron Donald. But I guarantee they put their mitts on you; you're going somewhere. Oh yeah. So, and it's not all about size. I mean, it goes back to uh, you think of uh, Andre the Giant. Yep. He tried out for the Redskins one year, and they whooped his ass. <laughs> they ran circles. Well, because if he got your his hands on you, you were done. So they just ran circles around him. You know, it's like he was a giant. Big, slow. He was a George Foreman. <laughs> you know, he was big, he was slow. But if he hits you, <laughs> you know. You going down. Yeah, you can get all the butterfly kiss <laughs> jabs you want. It's like, hey, whop. <laughs> you know, so it was, it was that situation. And, you know, and I keep going rambling to different sections, so I I'll land the plane. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but you know, I think that's the biggest thing with Parcells was one, he'd get the most out of you. He'd find your most potential. But if I ever got to sit down with them and it'd be one of those conversations, I wouldn't want to be in front of anyone. I'd actually like to sit down at dinner. Right. And really have a conversation with them. Man to man, adult, adult, and just be like, listen, like, 
I killed myself for you because I believed in what you said. Why did you do that to me? Right. When there were so many other people, because I knew, I knew guys that are on the team that were shot and getting like, in trouble. Shot, shot. Like drive-bys. Wow. And they were on the team. Problem people that he had in other teams were on the team. Guys that shouldn't even been on the team because they didn't have enough talent were on the team because they were his guys. Hmm. And my whole question is, why'd you do that to me if I was willing to kill myself right. for you? Wow. You know, why don't you just let me have you? We could have had that conversation. Hey, I'm not going to resign you next year. Cool. We're on, all right. I understand. Right. Let me play out my year and get the most I can get from the next team. You know, let me find a team that wants me, but let me show what I can do on film and not take that away from me. Right. And I think that's the hardest part was the fact that as any athlete is, <clears throat> you want to leave on your own terms mm-hmm. in any sport. It could be pickleball. It could be football. It could be wrestling. If you're an athlete, you want to be able to leave and say, okay, you know what? I can let this lion, I can let this tiger sleep. Right. And I think the biggest thing as an athlete is when you don't get to do that. Because you always have, <clears throat> no matter how many times you want to say, okay, I think I'm good. Or even, we're both spiritual. Yes. You know, uh, it's one of those things, well, God has a plan. And as much as I want to like feel that, yeah, you still want to know, like, you still have those what ifs. Or what if I took this direction? What if I took this direction? And, and what if I didn't have my best friend as a roommate who was a strip club manager living with me? Would that would have changed things? Or wouldn't have? You know, would it have if, you know, I know the one thing that would have changed things is the fact that if I had God in my life when I played football, it would have changed a lot of things. Right. But I know that that's the one factor. But if, like, if that wasn't in the equation what was in the equation or what could I've taken out of the equation to make that not happen? So I, I have, I have a lot of resentment, but I also just have a lot of ant questions that don't have answers. Right. You know, it's one of those things where like, even if like when you get to heaven, you want to ask God a whole bunch of questions like <laughs> boss, <laughs> father, what was all that back there? Right. <laughs> like, can we have a conversation? I just, I, I need five minutes. Right. <laughs> I know you're a busy guy. You got a lot of things going down there. But can I get like five minutes of questions, please? I got a lot. Look, I'll even like the five most important questions. Okay, just give me five questions. Hey. You'd be like, uh, I'll give you two. I got that. Okay, I, I can handle two. I can, I, you know what? Or we nego- can I get three? <laughs> Hey, hey, it's been done. It's been done with the man upstairs. If there, know, was, if there was five, if there was four, if there was three, if there was one person in the city right. that was a believer, would you destroy it? He said no. So you can negotiate. You can do- <laughs> it's in the Bible. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's, I think the most critical part is, is that you gave your all and it still wasn't good enough. And I really to somebody else's standards. You know what I mean? And I really, it, it had, you know, that really, 
that really crushed because, and I and I'm interrupting you. I apologize. No, no, it, no. It, you're just good. What you said right there, bro. When you're at that level, it's it's a fine line of confidence and cockiness, and you have to ride that line when you play. Because when you get to that line and you put your hand in the dirt, you look in the guy across from you who's obviously there for a reason. Yes. He's a pro. He made it. He's one of the like one of fifteen hundred people. Yes. That made it. And less than that made active roster. And less than that actually got in the game. Yep. So he's one of those guys. So you have to run a fine line of cockiness and cockiness, arrogance, and confidence. And you gotta be careful not to overstep that. And I had that line. Even when I went to New Orleans, not New Orleans, I went to St. Louis right after that because I got picked up by St. Louis for the rest of the season. Oh, okay. By uh, after the Cowboys. And I was going against Damian Lewis in practice, who I played against in college, who was always like a big rival for me. He was always, you know, fast, agile. He's kind of, he reminded me, of, he was, from my eyes, he was like a, a Bryant Young. Okay. Uh, quick, you know, had a whole bunch of moves. If he if he didn't get him off the snap, he was he was going to get you. Wow, uh, he was just he had that kind of get off. Um, and he was always just we 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 hated each other in college, <laughs> and you know, there's that's a whole nother story. Um, and I want to say hated each other, but we we had a good rivalry in college. And when we finally got to St. Louis, we we you know we had a, a common respect for each other. Mm-hmm. I like to think that. Um, but I still had that confidence. Like, all right, I'm going against, I got this. I'm going against this guy. Not a problem. You want to put me against this guy? Cool. Even Chris Hovan, who I love to death, who was with the the Vikings. And even with my fourth year, we get, we get there and he's playing wide threes all day on me. And I got to get in the game finally. And I had total confidence in the world. Wasn't even worried about it. Not even stressed about it. Not even thinking about it. Just everything was just second nature. Just wow, wow, get him. And inside all day. But after that, it was one of those things where I, I wasn't riding that line. It was always some insecurities. Okay. Am I doing enough? Uh, is my technique right? It, it, uh, am I good enough? And I think that was the main, am I good enough to be here? Right. And that's where the confidence kind of went down afterwards. And I lost that, I lost that edge. Okay. And that was the biggest thing after my the stint with my the Cowboys was, and that's how I feel. I lost that edge. I got lost. I was lost for the rest of my career. Wow. Cause and that's the one thing that probably angers me the most is, you know, he took that from me. And that's the hardest thing as an athlete to lose and to get back. Because honestly, and I'm not even joking, it probably, I probably should have saw someone to sit down and talk to him. Right. Like a counselor to get that edge back. And I knew uh, Kevin Carter, who was one of the greatest sack leaders in the world, had over 100 sacks. He was a Tennessee Titans for a long time. And he was with the Tampa Bay Bucks. And he was on his 13th year when I was with the Bucks. And I was on my seventh year, eighth year. And he was like, yeah, I still see a, I see, I see a sports, sports counselor once a week so I can stay in that zone. I was like, man, that's, I wish I had, I wish I had that. I wish I, I sat down with someone because uh, no one ever taught me to do that. Okay. No one ever taught me, hey, you should see someone to 
help you get over this? Because I went all the wrong directions. <laughs> I mean, I it, it was bad, and 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 I'm not I'm not proud of that. Right. I just think like you know, God gave me a gift, and I could have been so much further along if I had the right resources or I knew of the right resources gotcha. to take me to the next level. Yep. And that's how I feel. I really think I could have been, and I think all pro athletes think of it. I think I could have been a pro bowler if I was in the right system, had the right coaching. And I had the right coach. I had Warhop. I knew he mm-hmm. would, he could get me there. And I knew Hudson Howe could get me there. But, you know, with that, staying with them for a couple of years, really getting the technique down, yeah. really getting the learning the offense, learning the schemes like the back of my hand where I didn't have to think. I really think I could have been there. And even the off-season program, like, you know, if I knew CrossFit, and they can say what they want about CrossFit, but you want to talk about functional training and endurance, if I could have done that in the off-season when I was in high, or even in, during the season in high school and started that in high school, yep. that's a totally different monster where you come in and do football and people are dying at two days. You're like, oh, what, you, you want to go lift weights now? <laughs> you know, and people are like laying on the floor like, are you serious? I can't walk. It's like, well, you know, uh, well I'm going to go lift some weights. <laughs> yeah. CrossFit, you know? CrossFit is a beast, man. Oh, it's, it is, you know, I, I, I do a lot of rehab now because of all the injuries. So the guy I rehab with owns a CrossFit facility. So we're constantly doing functional stuff. Okay. Like getting, you know, even a point of getting my core back because of the back surgery and, and getting the motion back and flexibility back. And it's just, you know, it's like you watch the stuff and especially on, don't watch it on TV because you're like, oh, I can do this. Yeah, no, they're they're breezing through it. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and then you try it, you're like, oh my God. Yeah, no, you, you wouldn't see me doing any CrossFit. I'll go lift some weights, but that CrossFit, I leave that to the professionals. <laughs> you know what? But it's no different than what you've done when uh, agility drills. Yeah, true. Just adding it all together. But the one thing I learned uh, and, I've, and I've seen with CrossFit is you got to go at your own pace. And if you're not ready to compete with someone or if you're not, the whole thing is the injuries, injuries happen when you stop worrying about technique and try to push through something. Okay. So, uh, you know, back in the day when for all the shoulder injuries and all this, because you do, you put a lot of pressures on the shoulders. But the, the issue is it's, all right, this hurts. Let me just keep working it out. Let me keep pushing, pushing, pushing. All of a sudden, rip. You're like, then you're done. Oh, well, CrossFit did that to me. Did CrossFit do it or did you do it? <laughs> you know, because I remember doing pull-ups one day and he had me doing this, this circuit and I was trying to do pull-ups. And I was like, I'll just force, I'll, I'll push through these next ones and towards scar tissue in my pec. Because I went a little far back and a little forward and wow, pop. Wow. And I was like, are you serious? Like, doing nothing I haven't done before. Like, I was never able to do pull-ups, but, like, you know, I'd do banded ones. But, you know, trying to, trying to just get that little extra oomph. And I was like, pop. I was like, oh. And see, those are the only pull-ups I do, are banded ones. I don't, I don't mess around with anything outside of that. No, give me some bands. I, I would love the point to do pull-ups again, but I'm not going to speed through them. I'd rather do strict, 
I'm not trying to force them. Yeah. But, you know, I, but that's that's where I got to tame the, the beast, the tiger within, the lion, because I still have that competitiveness of the fact that I never got to quit on my own terms. Right. So I think that's the biggest thing right there when it comes to anything I do, where it's, like, I don't play video games with people. <laughs> I can't play video. I played video games with my nephew the other day, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to beat, beat up my nephew. <laughs> my my, hey, my nephew, I love the death, seven years old, talking trash to me. I'm like, boy, I will wear you out. <laughs> I can see you telling him, hey, man, you better land a plane. Oh, I looked down. I was like, that's that's good job, bro. Good job. I'm going to beat the <laughs> Uh, you want to play again? All right, we'll play again. <laughs> oh, that was a good job. Good job. Uh, let's get something to eat. Yeah. Just put this down. And We're done. Real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in and listening. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at You See Me Pod. Make sure you share with your family and friends. We'll see you next episode. And always remember, you see me, but you don't know my story.